Welcome to Duct Tape and Paperclips. I'm Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Annie Russell. Uh, this is a show where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods. That's right. And we are watching season three, episode 14, The Odd Triple. And we are going to find out if it holds <laughs> up or not. Um, this is my bad French accent. <laughs> and we will get to that in a minute as to why I'm doing that. Um, but uh, let's catch up a little first. Uh, Annie, I realized that there's something that you and I have been, both been doing that we have not talked about, which is binging the bear on Hulu. Oh, boy. Can we oh talk boy. about it yeah. without spoilers? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. So this is a show where the premise of the show, if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It's on Hulu, is that big city chef has to go back to his hometown and kind of take over the family restaurant, which is failing. Yes. Right. Um no one has sex on this show, but it is the horniest show on television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. Oh, we didn't mention uh, when we started this episode that we are again this week outside. Yes, hence the that's why jet noises in the sky. Yeah, we should um, just disclose that we're in a backyard, and if you yeah. heard the, our last episode. We hey. are recording this same on the place. same place. So uh, also, here we are. Uh, we are not the kind of podcast that holds for sound. <laughs> That's not a thing. No. Uh, unless it's something uh, egregious, then you're going to hear some stuff going by in the background. And hey, it's a free podcast. <laughs> um, it is a free. And like the the soft wind blowing yeah. in the background. This is called field tape in the biz. Okay. This field is tape? We're, we're wow. part of it here. Yep. We are on the scene. Uh, we are okay. live on the scene scene um, of Nathan's backyard. Like in film, they would call it room tone, but they call it field tape in radio? Well, no, room tone That's different. Is, That's inside. Yeah, room tone is when you're inside and you just record some like neutral, nothing in the background tone that you can use to fix pieces um, <laughs> where you've made mistakes or yeah. where you need to make. Uh, field tape is when you're just recording something out in the world. And so you're uh, getting the... That's like if I listen to... a. Uh, like an NPR story and I get the sound of the car slamming and the gravel going up the driveway, like that thing yes. to set the tone for AKA, where we are in the it's world. It's AKA Ambi. Um, Ambi, ambient. Or yeah, ambient yeah. noise. Uh, so yeah, that's... I love it, all this. The very old, <laughs> this is, if anybody wants more peek behind the curtain public radio stuff hey. i love to talk about it well what, um, one of the things that we're going to get into about this episode i know is we're, i'm going to have to mention adr during this episode because that <laughs> yeah. is uh uh, uh it stands for a couple different things but uh, additional dialogue replacement or is right is that that's m most yes. of it um and that's when you basically dub in uh, uh, uh when you've already finished shooting something uh somebody's words and that happens a bunch. In that this is, yeah. Talk about. When you've made mistakes, <laughs> as this episode did, casting um, mistakes, for instance. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, for example, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So the bear. But going back to the bear is amazing. Yeah. I expected to hate this show because I lived in Chicago for three years. I love Chicago, yeah. and. I have seen Chicago depicted very poorly on the small and large screen before. Um, there are very few shows that get it right. Like even Shameless, which is created by the same person as the bear, I find not watchable. Not authentic, yeah. um, and I don't, it, it just doesn't connect with me. Whereas this show connects with me a lot. And I think that I see a lot of parallels between 
this um, like high end food world and the media world. Um, So there's a lot of kind of class issues that come into play where like, you know, let's say you um, are are somebody who's coming from, you know, a, a household where like, you didn't have a lot of like media literacy and your parents didn't listen to public radio, whatever. And you're trying to kind of, um, navigate this world. Um, and so that I saw a lot of media parallels, um, between like Carmen, the main character and, um, some folks that I know who, um, who work in media. So, and, and just the high stakes and the high pressure and the deadlines of it. Uh, so the, the high stakes restaurant world is public media and the, uh, scrappy family restaurant is this podcast. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's what I'm getting from. It. Is this podcast? Yeah, we. Um, yeah. So, I, but I think the show is really well done. It depicts Chicago in a way that I really find that that's authentic. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it's you're seeing a lot of stuff. Not to. I don't want to spoil anything, but you're seeing just a lot of like stuff you don't usually see depicted. You know, like just you're getting a real sense of authenticity from what's going on in the kitchen. Anybody's actually worked in a kitchen, in a restaurant kitchen, especially one that's like um, busy, sweaty, hot, and and dirty is like seeing something that they recognize. And yes. it's very, um, it's just a level of authenticity that I haven't seen in like kitchen scenes in movies before. Oh, exactly. Like I, or even in reality television, cooking shows, you know, yeah, cooking shows and like the, mo- I don't know if you've seen the movie big night, but it's like one yes. of my favorite movies. And yeah. I love it. But even that it's a romanticized has a ro- of exactly yeah, what I was right. going to say, has a romanticized version of, you know, okay, this is, this is the, the art of it. And this is the, whatever, in terms of what can happen in reality where yes, the food's amazing, but like you have to do it right fucking now. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like really every episode intense. of the show feels like a hostage negotiation or something. It's so high stakes. And so, uh, yeah, it's just like your anxiety is up basically the whole episode. Yeah, there's a, it's, uh, it's the uncut gems of television. Yeah, yeah. So recommend, um, uh, not quite, uh, the, not quite MacGyver, but pretty good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I guess we should get into this episode, huh? Yeah. Um, let's do uh, this. Where Annie's going to read out a, a quick summary from IMDb of what happens in this episode in case you missed it. Oh, boy. Yes, I will. Okay, so here is the quick summary. MacGyver agrees to accompany Jack on a flight to bring a rich woman and her recently acquired jewels to France. However, as soon as they land, they are arrested for theft and accused of complicity. They must escape jail, find the jewels, thieves and bring them to justice right and clear their name in the process in um, a, a tight 40 whatever minutes yes exactly um okay well, what did we feel about this episode what was your first response to this one i mean i didn't realize that this was a horror show which <laughs> started with jack dalton basically breaking and entering and <laughs> That's moving in we, before the episode even starts he's already broken into MacGyver's yeah he's apartment broken into macgyver's place and it's like hey i'm moving in and of course like the last episode i really thought we were making progress with like macgyver having some boundaries with jack uh-huh. and he was really starting to get fed up like i can't do these crazy deals with you anymore you cannot pull me into these insane things nope we're on a plane to france yeah. um with an insane person. Who, b- by the way, the reasoning, like obviously, you, every time MacGyver 
is sucked into one of these plants, he has to be the one who's exasperated by it, right? Yeah. And he's got to be the one who's resisting it. And then you have to find a, re- a reason as a writer for MacGyver to go along with what Jack is. And it's the same reason this time as it was last time, which is, I have mean, this airline I want to make and the Air Dalton and I, and, and you kind of screwed it up for me and I'm trying to get my business off the ground, wine, wine, wine. And then because MacGyver's a good friend, he like goes along with him. And it, it felt a little, that felt a little uncreative to use the exact same, um, manipulative ploy to get MacGyver to go along. Especially when MacGyver was like, but, you know, really expressing issues with this the last time we saw Jack and saying, and even discussing it with Pete and saying like, this guy is too much. I can't do this. But here we are. We are back. uh, People. I mean, the last time this happened, uh, Jack was lashed to a post and whipped. So... (laughs) So, like, we need to uh, examine. And our... it didn't make a difference. No, so no, he's still I, the same. Jack. I am. I'm going to go ahead and say torture doesn't work. No, um. no. Um, which we all know. I have to ask because uh, it came as a huge uh, shock to me last episode that you had watched the last episode on 1.75 speed. Did you do that again with this I one? I had to slow it down a little bit more. I this did is a it, quick uh, moving episode. Yeah, I did it at 1.25. I, I started it at mm. the same speed and I was like, ah, this one, I, I need to pay slow attention. down. So. There's a lot that happened. This is the sort of antithesis of the last episode. Last episode, fucking nothing happened. And way too much is happening. Right. And like, I already... I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah, I already sort of don't trust our token rich lady jewel person at the beginning because she just seems again this is an 80s tv show so the foreshadowing that someone is pure evil is that they are vaguely rude to someone at the beginning and that is like the only foreshadowing that we need european in any tv show in the 80s to know and then we got to talk about the accents in this episode oh my god uh that was what made me slow it down i was like wait (laughs) what am i hearing and then i slowed it down to what to regular time and i was like holy shit this is bad oh i mean she is uh i i wrote down that she has this mouth pout she has to do to force her mouth to do the accent yes that's very unnatural and it just is so clear that we are an actress who is doing a bad french accent um and i actually thought later on when she is revealed to be someone she is not that we you know like she's revealed to be one of the bad guys um there's a little moment where her accent is uneven and I'm like oh are they finally going to take the accent away and she's going to be American or German or something that and like, I would have loved I loved that yeah. and of course it just nope she's actually has that French accent so we're going to stick and with it the whole time and it's really wild to me because they are in Canada they have access to True. a lot of French speaking people and yet and there are people who grew up in France who are in Canada um, you could f- easily find someone with the right kind of French accent not that weird Quebecois thing <laughs> yes Lit- I know I use this word a lot but it was super cartoon like it yes. was just yeah. like the most peppy Le Pew thing I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> I loved um I mean I started like once I started paying attention, it's not just her. It's that because we are set in France, every like henchman, everybody uh in the show who has like one or two lines has to have a French accent. Yeah. And it I mentioned earlier this ADR thing, like what is so hilarious to me is that like I don't know if you can have an an American or a Canadian or a French look, but like every person with like two or three lines in the show like uh, um to me looked like right out of central casting for an american television show right they all looked like either stuntmen that they like that they put it put a gun in their hand or um just like regular american dudes who who have like american haircuts and american just an mm-hmm. american look about them who then when they speak either one of two things happened either 
clearly the thing has been dubbed or, or like dubbed over by someone who can do a, some passable French accent. Or there's one situation in which they just they show the guy's face as he walks into the room with a gun. Then they cut to something else and you hear him talk as we're not looking at his face. And yeah, then they cut back to at, him and he's not by talking. by the way, a different volume from right, the rest right. the of mix is everything totally off. else. Yeah. It's so <laughs> obvious. I mean, it was really the henchman accent that made me go like, what the yeah, what's hell happening? am I hearing right now? And yeah. it, yeah, so I, I bet you they got one guy to come in and do a couple different video game style voices for all of the different henchmen yes. who, who has a decent French accent. But it was just, yeah, just never really... That's always, a good way of putting it because yeah. the, it felt like a video game where it's like, yeah. hey, watch it, yeah, pal. Yeah, like yeah. That. I expect one of these henchmen to be in the corner just like uh, walking against the wall like, yeah. for 15 seconds. Someone just like <laughs> walking in circles because yeah, yeah. they can't find something. It like, did feel like a video game set. That last like uh, like winery set yes. felt like a video oh, game the winer, level. I'm just like, of course she's in a winery. To, like, to be, right. Of course it's French and like, the showdown is in a winery. I have to be, I have to be uh, clear though. Like I loved it all. I loved... <laughs> They clearly put money into this episode. They had a yeah. lot of, there's a lot of people involved. There's like, like, there's a lot of um, sets and the sets are like, sometimes you get the sense that like, okay, we're in Vancouver, but we're trying to cheat this for some other place and it doesn't really land. And they came up with a story that essentially is like, takes place in all of these different soundstage locations. They're in, they're in the backs of trucks. They're in, I mean, they're in airplanes, yeah, they're flying starting, places. They're on they're, flights, they're landing. They're, they're in they're... Uh, FBI interrogation offices. Right. They're in all these places. And then the big showdown is at a winery. And so it's all basically within a soundstage except for when they're sneaking up on the winery which is just your random everyday kind of like complex with giant you know uh yeah there's aluminum. some barrels there's some like you yeah. know uh some like wood because you got to show yeah, that yeah. we're but in that, a rustic kind of right. winery but i felt like one of the it was one of those adventure stories where it's like we're going to france yeah and this episode takes place in france and it like felt like a globe trotting adventure even though you know the whole thing is filmed on a soundstage in vancouver you know what i mean like yeah no i i like because enough happens thief of budapest vibes in this episode um which i don't think i've said before about (laughs) another episode but yeah i did like i mean the villain was super cartoony i hate that pete actually helped um and (laughs) pete helped by uh having his own french accent at one point (laughs) judo chopping a guy which i love to see pete Pete judo chop somebody and then a german accent like he really got involved he the range on pete in this episode was and he actually like showed up and semi did his job people which is like you know okay i'm gonna pose as this guy and i'm gonna get you out of the situation and his failure wasn't what yeah. Brought the whole thing down. Exactly. Right? It was not no. Pete. Pete actually managed to to yep. do something. Oh, the little like thing where Pete finally says says to Jack like, "Oh my God, I have to trust you," which is like uh, very fun. Uh, it's kind of the two boobs of the show well, have to save exactly. The... It, it which is funny because like one of them has to be more of a dimwit yeah. than the other <laughs> right. one, and Always. it's it's gonna be Jack because right. Jack is like. Like, no one believes your airline is going to make it, dude. Yeah. Like, you're not, this is not a dream that's going to happen. It's a deluded, yeah, he's a deluded guy. Um, so I also thought, like, uh, going back to the beginning, we set this whole thing up, and it's so clear to us as a modern audience that, like, okay, they're being set up. Obviously, they're being set up. Obviously, this jewel thief is not who she says she is, yeah. and the, she's playing these guys to try to get them to help her smuggle these jewels out. And the second the turn comes... It's supposed to be this big moment where you're like, mm-hmm. we cut to commercial and it's like, oh my God. It turns out when they're when the cops show up and they're like, you're under arrest. Uh, it's I mean, I'm sure when I was 10, this was a huge <laughs> shock to me, but it was so uh, it was so predictable. Um, I did love the running 
uh, MacGyver running away from the plane as it's being shot at, jumping on top of a vehicle on the uh, on the tarmac and spraying these guys with airline foam or whatever. It yeah, is. well, two. I mean, two things. One of them, like after the last episode, which was the hockey episode, yeah. this is like such a f- breath of fresh air because we're seeing him actually like a doing his job in the field, right. but B like doing real MacGyver shit. Right. You know, right. he's, he's like solving problems. He's running around. But the other reason why I think that uh, the whole arrest thing didn't work for me was like the idea of the climax being the cops show up and arrest somebody right. hits different in 2022 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because you're just like, well, from what we know, regardless of how you feel about the police, from what we know now, it's like, yeah, someone getting arrested does not mean they're going to be brought to justice. Right, like that's right. not a thing. Well, we all now we know about the French ju- uh, judicial system that they're willing to throw two assholes into a cell and electrocute them and burn their passports. <laughs> like what? That turn was very crazy to me like the idea that they were just the burning of the passport which is so unnecessary you could just take it away from i know well they have to have the dramatic actually one of the trivia things said like passports actually don't burn like they're kind of i mean they will eventually but they're plastic they're yeah no it's like it's not, for a reason built yeah, in a sturdy you can't just light them fashion on fire. you're yeah. supposed to take them around the world they're supposed to like yeah, hold yeah. up on stuff but yeah. but that was a huge like I wondered why. I wondered why they couldn't just like, okay, this guy is trying, he's trying to get a promotion. This guy is in charge of the investigation. He wants to prosecute Jack and MacGyver because he thinks they're in on it. Great. Lock him up in a cell. MacGyver escapes the cell. Why the, why the corruption? Why the need for like, I'm burning your passport? The other layer of like, we already have a case of like mistaken, you know, or false identity in the jewel thief woman you know but then we have this weird turn where she like cares about whether or not they're tortured or whatever so i'm kind of like what's going on here and then we have this other turn where again like we have to expose corruption in the french police force right right so i'm just uh, which is a uh, was stakes that we didn't care about or need like can we just have one villain and can we have it be a clear villain i guess is my thing well uh, i loved um well we've talked about this before but I bet you almost without fail in this series, if a woman betrays MacGyver, earns his trust <laughs> and betrays MacGyver, she always comes back around by the end and helps him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Almost, I bet you every time. Um, which I think is interesting how, like, it, it, it's interesting that doesn't happen with men who do that. It's only women. Yeah, and I don't know what they're saying. Are they saying that MacGyver is so irresistible to women I that they so. can't help <laughs> yes. but just be like, you know what? I know our purposes don't align in any way, yeah. and this makes no sense for me to help you, <laughs> right. but I'm going to go ahead. But he has and... those puppy dog eyes, you yeah. know? He is... So cute that everybody has to eventually see his side of things. Or, yeah. He's very, he's also very, uh, like he always has that moral center and he's always sort of putting it on people and he's always like guilt tripping them and being like, you know, if you were a good person, you'd do this. And it always seems totally. to work on he these always corrupt has people. Like the moral high ground and right. he always makes his case for like why this is the right thing to do. Right. And more often than not, you know, if yep. it's a woman or a child. Yeah, right. Like I'm not going to read into that in any way. Yeah, right. um, you know, men who are villains on this show get to have agency and decide that they don't want to yes. listen to MacGyver. Right. But if you're if you're not a peer of his and you 
you know, you are going to be manipulated by him. I wonder if that's like, uh, I mean, when you think about it, if it's men, they get consequences. They get punched right. at the end and put in jail. Yes. And Or they fall off a building and die. And if you are a child or a woman, which are seen as like the vulnerable ones we yes. must protect, it's more about conversion, right? It's about converting them to the path exactly. of good. It's about converting them. And like, you know, a generous interpretation of this would be like, well, you know, we think that women are more receptive to doing the right thing. <laughs> and we generous. think that like... Like, yeah. you know, you know, women are ultimately going to do the right thing in yeah. the end and they're not going to be greedy and right. violent. You right. know, right. that is my very generous yes. interpretation of what you could think. Yeah. Um, but you can't I mean, you can see an executive in a suit being like, well, you're not throwing that lady off a bridge at the end. A thousand you know? percent, yeah. you know, or there have been a couple of times where the woman has gotten away with it uh, or yeah, yeah. either away with it or has oh, gotten the one where her she fell through the plate, black, yes. the plate glass window at the Phoenix Foundation. Yes. Yeah. That Phoenix Foundation one yeah. is what I was thinking. But she was evil. She was pure evil and she killed people. And yeah, I kind of liked that one. <laughs> Maybe that's the line. Yeah. Maybe like, I mean, we all know MacGyver doesn't have a tolerance for violence. Yeah. Um, and so maybe she did that's it to herself. I feel like, I feel like he got out of the way at the last minute and she was doing an acrobatic move that she just like fell through a plate glass window. Yeah. And because as we've discussed, MacGyver is never going to actually right. hurt someone. On especially, purpose. especially a lady. Yeah. Um, I loved the sort of like, setting the table for the fact that MacGyver doesn't care about jewels. He doesn't care about money. He's perfectly nice to this lady when he meets her, but he's like, I don't, I mean, they really hit you over the head with it in the plane when he was like, when she's yeah. like, you you give this to the, to the poor, wouldn't you? And he'd be like, absolutely. But, uh, but the idea that like, he doesn't understand where she's coming from as a member of the 1% kind of is kind <laughs> of a fun, like this guy really is truly a humble guy who doesn't he's care about money. He's the every man. He just lives on a humble houseboat. Right. And, you know, <laughs> which by the way, has to be a very expensive setup. Like there's no yes, way that's a yes. cheap way to live. The maintenance um, on that alone. It's yeah. gotta be, you're constantly springing leaks. Um, if anybody lives on a houseboat, uh, let us know. What? I mean, please correct me, but that seems like a way more expensive lifestyle yeah. than just living in an apartment. Yeah, it's almost like you have the the depreciation of owning a boat. Yes. You know, I, I imagine like, right, when you buy a house, it's supposed to appreciate in value and it's supposed to be an asset. But if it's on the right. water, does it depreciate? It's an interesting thing. Do houseboats appreciate in value? <laughs> if you know, I mean, please reach a, out to us. That's a Google search I could do right now, but I don't feel like doing Um I just, I want someone's real life story of like, I bought a money pit <laughs> houseboat right. and I regret yeah. it every day of my life. Totally. Um, uh, so they're too stupid to understand that they're being played. Um, and it's this huge shock. They go to a French jail. They burn their passports. Um, a lot of evil white guys. Um, we have that moment where Pete uh, uh, gets MacGyver's message on the voicemail. This is fucking bonkers to me. I loved the humor in it. I love the fact that he's like, Pete, sit down. And Pete sits down. He's like, are you sitting down? Great. Okay. And then Pete, Pete sit down when he like st stands up again. The fact that like he, MacGyver can like uh, anticipate every one of Pete's moves when he's telling him all this, like I've fallen in with Jack again. Uh, real fun to hear MacGyver uh, for a change have to do uh, an info dump. Um, yeah. Oh, to Pete. yeah, that's true. <laughs> it that's felt very true. backwards to me, um, but uh, very funny. And I just thought, you know, my, Pete is so quickly just like screaming into an answering machine, MacGyver, and then gets on a plane to France immediately without even knowing if MacGyver's in trouble. So ostensibly what he's doing is making the choice to go chase a wayward employee, basically, at that point. 
Um, which is like, by the way, also his his opinion of MacGyver is that MacGyver can handle himself in absolutely any situation. Yeah, so, no, we've that's been so made get, clear. So why would he hop yeah, on so a plane? So get one answering machine message and be like, huh. That's not like him. And he said, he, he, you know, he ran away from the country. I'm going after him. Like, that's just But you why? know what it is, too? I feel like the other thing we're supposed to take away is that Pete knows MacGyver so well. So just yeah, from that right, voicemail, right. Pete can sense, like, I, I better get down there. One you know? thing would have helped in that voicemail, which was MacGyver gave a timeline of his plan. Right. And so if we had gotten a line or a calendar shot or something that suggested that MacGyver's supposed to be home by now, and he's yeah, not. Yeah, so time has passed, and we're not, you know. Fine. He's in trouble. Clearly, he's in trouble. He needs me. But, like, to get on a plane just to chase this guy because he's fallen in with Jack again is, like, bonkers. Um, yeah. Although, uh, I bet you could, I bet if you went back to see who showed up with the helicopter at the end of every Jack episode, it probably is Pete. So, if Jack's involved, Pete is probably like, oh, fuck, I got to go bail yeah, this guy Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> true. I mean, Jack is such a liability yeah. that, like, if you're Pete, you're like, you know, I need to make sure this employee gets home in one piece. Uh, we had a lot of, I love a good, like, the moment when they're... They're trapped and they're about to be electric, uh, le- like tortured with electricity, and they get in a fight, a fake fight with each other, and then they, like, sock. They each sock another guy on the other side of l- themselves. Like it's just such a funny, cartoony way to, like, one single punch across each other's shoulders yes. to the bad guys on either side to, to actually reach someone behind <laughs> that person and they're Knocks completely out unconscious. unconscious. Yeah, yes. both of them. Uh, what a great uh, what a spot of luck that is. And then they're like creeping around trying to get out and everything. I just love, I love that. I love the idea that like no jail can hold MacGyver. Like they're working together. Like if it's all If he's in very... a room, he's getting out of it. We and there know are this. several where he's stuck in rooms in this episode, which is like, that to me is a MacGyver episode. Like yeah. how do I get out of this room? It, that is like a necessary component Getting good... detained against your will is yes. one of the key markers. Oh, yeah, that used to be a, a that thing used to be a category um, because it happened so often. Mm-hmm. But we've kind of gotten away from that, and we're back to it, which which is kind of fun. Right, right. What did we think of the White Rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't seen this episode, they sneak into this winery at the end and uh, there are motion detectors on the ground and they're stepping over the motion detectors to not trip them off. And then for some fucking unknown reason, a perfectly white bunny rabbit is the magician thing that's going to trip. <laughs> magician quality. quality. R- white yeah, rabbit. Not like a yeah. brown hair that would be native to that area. Yeah, no. Just a fucking white rabbit they got from the pet store is threatening to trip the wires. And then Jack has to pick the rabbit up and hide with it. Uh I think it trips it anyway, right? That's yeah, the whole yeah. thing that, that sets sets it off. Uh, but we um, get to see Jack hold the bunny, which cute, is cute. Very cute. And, um, and that know, like humanizes him for one second. For, yeah, it's very cute. Um, we do have, uh, I started a couple episodes, the animal cruelty count on this podcast. And because we, we killed 907 animals in a single episode. We did, not to mention that one fucking dog. Yes, uh, that was one of, the, one of the 907 was the poor border collie. And this one, I feel like they don't show it but i feel like the rabbit gets away yeah <laughs> i didn't get the sense the rabbit had died yeah, i refused good. to take that information into my consciousness good. so we're so, still i think we're yeah. still at a solid still at 907 <laughs> <laughs> um I, i'm gonna say something maybe controversial at this point which is that even though this is still a, just a goofy stupid terrible show in in a lot of ways i do feel like having watched um all of seasons one and two um, we are finally getting into a place where the writing is a little better. It is not yeah. always better. It's not a hundred percent of the time, but there are, there's some times when some of the dialogue is like, Oh, that was pretty good. Like even just the, the moment when he says, you know, you're like your friend plans to kill you. My f- friend plans to save me. You know, it's like, 
it, it it's germane to the storyline. It's a cool line. Like there's there's just some dialogue that sort of like crackles a little more. Or there's like the humorous moment with the answering machine, for instance, where it's like, oh, they're having a little more fun. They're loosening up a little bit more. Um, yeah, of course, the storylines are all over the place, and sometimes they're good, and sometimes yeah, they're not fucking sense. But it's very storyline dependent for yeah. me. Like the writing, if it's a good storyline and the structure works, yeah, then right. the writing tends to be a little bit better. Sure, like if yeah. the storyline and the structure is a mess, um, yeah. it's still going to be a mess of an episode. But yeah. this was they had uh, like all of the elements were there. And so they were yeah. able to like get a little further with it than they would Maybe. have. I mean, I, even, I would even extend this back to the previous episode, the thin ice episode, which I hated. Yeah. I really hated. <laughs> there were some moments where I was like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, some of the shit was very like after school special, but um, there were moments where I was like, Oh, if this had been a season one episode, the dialogue would have been, fucking god awful and this dialogue actually makes me it's i guess it's more about like what are you giving the actors to be able to naturalistically perform this uh scene with one another and if you're giving them something that feels more realistic and a little more grounded then i'm gonna they're gonna be more believable and this episode is gonna well the actors and the writers have have like settled into understanding and exploring right. the characters a little bit more. Sure. So like we are getting like a more of a sense of who Pete is, definitely more of a sense of who Jack is yeah. and and obviously MacGyver. So yeah, like yeah. at this point Jack is like a fully formed right. person. Like yeah, he's yeah, yeah. coming back. We don't have to establish like you know yeah. who this guy is they're how they know each other whatever like this sure. is you know w- some of the weaknesses of the first season i think we're like we're in a completely different world every episode you sure. know and yeah. we have no continuity with any characters that come back so so in that sense it's like it does kind of work to have them right. go deeper there. that's a good point and what macgyver has all has, has lacked up to this point is like um is a team, you know, right. is some kind of uh, an ensemble cast that can back him up. Um, Cause it was getting really old to have like all the worst actors in LA be the new cast for every episode. Yeah. Then <laughs> you know? there's a new crew. There's a new crew of villains. There's a yeah. new, this, there's yeah. a new like new threats, best yeah. friend. Um, right, right. Like at yeah. least we have in this episode, there are friends who we, we know that <laughs> yeah. they actually are close friends. Right. It's not just a random person who's we're expecting Trust to believe us, this best is friends. my best friend. Now let me push her off a cliff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Um, this giant stuntman looking dude punches Jack to get him off the street. Uh, and then it turns out that Pete has uh, bribed him to bring him in, which is great. Um, I kind of love all this. I love, I mean, seeing Pete do espionage in a way that is not like fighting, in a way that's like showing up in a suit, knocking on a hotel yeah. room door. When he's not doing physical it. stuff, it's great. Yeah. Like he's not, you know, expected to like, you know, bust in and knock some yeah. guys out. Like right. he is, you and know. And he eventually has to do it at the very end, but like the fact, and he has to judo chop somebody, great, but like he's good in an intrigue situation rather than like a, a an Absolutely. action situation. Yeah, I wish they would like use him more that way of like just believably like problem solving Mm -hmm. you know the situation to get MacGyver out you know Um, we've got the guy behind the desk Uh, we knock out with a trick 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 briefcase Um, there's a lot of bad um, dubbing going on there the guy with the French accent behind the desk and then the guy gunman who discovers him all very dubbed Um, and I don't know. I I, I kind of like I liked the conclusion. I liked the ascending a giant um, barrel of wine crashing through a wall to like end the episode. And of course, like we have that last joke where Jack is like, "I've got uh, a lead on some pirate booty, yeah. and we can go find the pirate booty." Um, very cute and clever. I just wished that I, we had. I really felt like a lack of coverage to me. It was like I wanted like thirty more seconds mm-hmm. of like 
catching the bad guys. They're looking disappointed. We're, we're establishing. Thank God. Whew, thank God. It was just like crash, boom. It's yeah, over. We like don't see any of the bad guys. Like we made it moment. Yeah. Of, you yeah. Know. He just immediately starts talking and we're like, what? wait, wait, hang on. Can you breathe for fucking two yeah. seconds before we, um, and we, the one, one thing we haven't talked about is that the, the, the real bad man behind the scenes is the guy with the chin strap, uh, beard <laughs> there who we have seen before. Um, do you did you recognize him? No. Did you know where Oh, okay. Um you didn't recognize his like slight Australian accent from another episode in season 1 oh, or 2? Oh no. Do you remember this guy? Cuz I'll give you a hint. Uh it, the plot also centered around jewels. <laughs> it also centered around precious precious gems. Do you remember this one? I don't. Okay. This is the heist, the one with all the diamonds in oh, the casino. Oh, the the James Bond ripoff yeah. episode. Yeah. Where they where they they he rides a sports car in a, in a parachute That's out of an airplane. Right. <laughs> that is correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we got this guy back for jewel related uh, escapades. Yes, and he was a bad guy who was after jewels in the first one, and he's a bad guy who's after the jewels in the second one, but he has different names, so he's ostensibly a different guy. But that's so that brings our recycled actors count to four. That um, is a we've, lot. Uh, we've used four people in this season that we've used in previous seasons as different people, um, and. Uh, of course, there are four more people because there's a lot of people in this episode. There's a lot of white guys so, running so around. So there's four that we've seen before and four that we'll see again. Four that we'll see again in just this episode. Uh, the name, the character's name is David Russell and all I can think of is David O. Russell. Yeah. But um, uh, <laughs> that guy we're going to see one more time. Brizard, we're going to see one more time. Robert or Robert, I don't know who he was. One more time. Max, three more times. Uh, these are character names. I don't know who the fuck they all were. Uh, yeah. presumably they gave names to all these henchmen, henchmen but, yeah, um, yeah. but they're all coming back in different roles uh, in the future. So, oh, and one other thing, the title, um, the odd triple. Does this mean anything to you? No. And I was very curious you if Googled it had it any meaning whatsoever. <laughs> Me like what? Did you Google it? No, I, I did. didn't Google it. I Googled quote odd triple unquote. And all I found was this episode. <laughs> it is not a phrase. It's not a sports reference. Cause I've it's not- never heard this phrase before i thought maybe it's a wine thing i don't know about i'm like i don't know what it is and then uh somebody somebody online was like maybe this episode's title has to do with like the three of them like jack pete and my yeah that's kind of what i thought so i thought great okay well odd trio odd triplets like odd the odd triple is like uh, it makes no goddamn sense no it doesn't um hey not everything makes sense about the show. <laughs> yeah, to say the least, that is the biggest understatement on this podcast. Yeah. Anything else that we missed that you wanted to talk about about this episode? Um, I think we, yeah, I think we hit it all. This is, um, I'm going to say, this is going to score high for me. I was, yeah, me I was into it. It had, it really ticked all the boxes sure. of a MacGyver episode. I did not love the multiple villain thing. Mm. Um, I think that could have been a little cleaner. We could have had like a little bit more of a clear structure to this episode, but yeah. like, Hey, it's a MacGyver episode. I'm For not sure. expecting, you know, yeah, I would have liked, uh, keep the French police good and just make them assholes at their jobs. Right, because um, like, what is that? Yeah, that, that I, I don't want to get back into it, but it, yeah, yeah. it was a little bit just like, great. what and are we saying just there? Just a tiny you know? bit about like a believable reason for Pete to actually come to France would have been great. Other than that, just I'm something good. where, yeah. you know, oh, and maybe some like, French people, maybe some actual French yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, should have been back right now. But like, I'm going to say, I'm giving this a 7.5. Okay, I gave it an 8. So I think we're right on the same wavelength here. Um, it is, 
Um, when I was looking at the other, like I also gave Jack in the Box an eight, and I was like, that makes sense. Like, yeah, they want these ones where like they clearly put effort and money and resources into like making a big spectacle, like adventure show for that right. for that week. Um, I, I almost felt like, oh, you took all of last week's budget and put it into this one. Exactly. But, and the other thing too is like we have a relationship between MacGyver and Jack, which is what for me, what actually makes this like worthwhile. Because if this were a random friend of his that came in, I would have no investment in it whatsoever. But because it's this like inconsiderate friend that we all have who's going to, you know, like, uh, (laughs) you know, drag you into something you don't want to be part of and be a huge pain along the way, like that, that is like a relatable relationship dynamic in a way that like all of these like random best friends are just not yeah and i would also say that like in some previous episodes when they were trying to set up the jack character they really like they pushed it too hard to the point where macgyver almost seemed like always fucking angry at jack and always yelling at him made jack like almost too silly yeah, you know right, like right. too like he's too over the top silliness yeah a lot of those episodes were just like too much about MacGyver being angry and Jack being like a fucking clown, right? I mean, t- literally magician at oh, one yeah. point. <laughs> right, and right. Um, like, no, like a clown and just like, hey, man, I'm just freewheeling. Like, yeah. wouldn't it be cool if I fake my own death? Yeah. But, like, that's just Jesus. That's yeah. his vibe. Um, he is just like the the wacky fucking lunatic. And you'd be angry, too, if you had that guy in your life. Exactly. But now it, it seems a little more realistic and a little more grounded. Uh, I, I said that they used the last justification this time also. But the thing that was nice is like almost the second he pitches him this idea the woman comes into macgyver's house and says thanks so much for helping me which is a real pressure to put on macgyver yeah and the, and again here's a another example of like a line i like that was very clever macgyver says i'm all packed because he has an unpacked from yeah the you know trip. it was very clever fun. that reminded me of something that's happened to me many many times when uh touring comedians are coming through and the person who's like booked the show mm. doesn't have a place for the person <laughs> to stay yeah, yeah. and they've come to me and been like sure. hey is there any Anyway, that so and so could sleep on your couch, right. and then the person comes up and says, "Thanks so much!" Like, like <laughs> right that minute, they you, come yeah, right up. You've and, yeah. already promised this yeah, and said, yeah. "Oh, you could probably stay here." Like that was too real for me. Like Jack <laughs> is the person who invites extra people to your party yeah, without telling right. you. He is the person who like promises your your car to somebody who needs yep, it. Like yep. that is this friend. Totally, totally. Um, awesome. Well, uh, I think we've done it. I think we've wrapped this one up. Um, uh, you should go check this one out if you haven't. Annie, you got anything to plug? Uh, people can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Annie M. Russell. I'm always posting about what I'm doing on there. And uh, catch me in a backyard in Vermont this summer. Yeah. Which is- uh, which is where we're coming to you from now. I have nothing to promote except for my comedy club uh, at VT Comedy and my other podcast, The Corporation. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Check out our website, themacgyverpod.com, and all our socials. It's all at The MacGyver Pod. If you want to watch old episodes of the show along with us, you can check them out on Paramount Plus or Amazon Prime or Pluto TV. Next week, we're going to be covering Season 3, Episode 15, The Negotiator. Take care, everybody, and remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac... Friends are the adventures of life.